I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Koshi here with a small favour. Each year we run a subscriber survey to help us understand our audience and what we can do to help you be a better investor. I'd love you to fill it out. You can find it at osbiz.co.survey or follow the link in the program notes. To sweeten the deal, there are some great prizes on offer, including lunch with the Osbiz experts. Thanks for doing that. Now enjoy the call. Hi, and welcome to the call. 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests. All in the space of an hour. We're already having fun in this studio. It's Friday, the 11th of March. I'm Nadine Blaney. So, a quick welcome to Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Adam, thank you. Good yes. afternoon. Yes, exciting. Commodities, metals. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. What a week. Coal, a gas. I mean, it's just, it's just Nickel. forever. Nickel. Yeah. yeah Look, we're going to be touching upon um, some of those themes throughout yep. this program. Looking forward to it. Nice to see you there. Yep. Also joining us this hour, Jumbe Lu. She is from Tribeca Investment Partners. Jumbe, thank you so much for joining us. Has it been pretty wild from where you sit this week? Oh, absolutely. I think wild is a, a too soft a term for us. <laughs> um, I think the market's really trying to absorb what the uh, what does this war mean? And the same as the commodity market trying to really price that in. Earlier on in the week, we did see some alarming signs of credit spread blowing out in European banks and uh, financials because as a result of, you know, their linkage to, to Russia. Um, but, uh, but we have seen that easing back and the market seems to be gathering a little bit more confidence back into um, into the market, really. Yeah, well, where we sit on this Friday, uh, down by about half of 1%. So it looks like we've erased these week-to-date gains, but anything can happen heading into a weekend. So we'll leave that chitter-chatter there. I'll get our viewers across what we will be talking about in the first half of the show. The companies are Aurora Biosurgery, Regenerin, Judo Capital, Mesoblast, and Metals X. So quite a motley crew there. But in place of stock of the day today, I thought we'd ask our expert guests for a pick in what's being called the new fangs. Who made that up? So what's a new fang? <laughs> Merrill Lynch, actually. What's a new fang? Oh, well, it's got to be true. Well, right? you must remember that the term fang was coined to refer to those top five U.S. tech stocks. But with tech on the out, there's a new fang in town. So it is fang 2.0, and it is fuels, aerospace, agriculture, nuclear and renewables, gold or metals and minerals. So quite the list there. And I did ask my guests for just one, but they're both overachievers. So they've given me a pick from each of those areas. Adam, you're here with me. Let's start with you. Okay. In the fuel world. So we're staying Aussie-centric for that one. And certainly... Um, Woodside. Yep. Fantastic. It's making money hand yeah. over fist right it now. It is. And it's also very interesting that once they do this deal with uh, BHP, sort of June 30, uh, they won't have much debt at all. They'll be pretty much clear, free and in the growth phase as well. So it really sets that company up for a very large uh, 
2022-2023 and certainly from there Santos as well starting to run a little bit now um, we were sort of a couple of weeks ago on the show we were a little bit perplexed why Woodside was running mm-hmm. so hard and Santos not Santos is playing a little bit of catch up at the moment but yeah Woodside probably they're probably a little bit tough up here with oil prices where they are and I think there will be a little bit more consolidation but for the safe bet Woodside and for all those other people that like a little bit more risk, Santos is probably a good tra- a buy. Got it. Jim Bay, um, let's get your picks or pick in that uh, fuel theme. I know. Uh, you got all my top picks. Um, I've got Santos. <laughs> and, uh, but I think I did work out why um, the differential in terms of performance. Um, it's because uh, Woodside has um, the, the contract that they're more exposed to the spot prices. Um, so, you know, so that literally the high spike in the um, in all that energy price goes straight to the bottom line, whereas uh, Santos will take a bit longer because their contracted price is much lower. So I think that's why. But, they, you know, you're absolutely seeing that underperformance is now sort of started catching up a little bit. I still I still prefer the likes of Santos because Woodside does have that big um, you know, potential pressure of selling coming through when BHP does, um, you know, split out the Woodside shares to share that they'll be selling. Um, but yeah, I absolutely agree. These two stocks will be really well leveraged to the current price. Yeah, and um, we spoke with Meg O'Neill, who's the Woodside CEO yesterday, not ruling out you know special dividends, buybacks, uh, because again, their balance sheet is in such good shape or will be as they benefit from these rising prices. KJ Bay, Aerospace, what in that area could you think to pick? I must say that in that area, it's it's pretty tough because um, you know so European in Europe and US is quite a big defense um, uh, sector, where Australia is quite tiny. So there's one um, Austro Boats which is kind of exposed to that sort of whole defense um, spending. Uh, but the problem with that stock is that you know they got a big earnings hole to fill, um, and yeah, I, I think in the next 12 to 18 months um, they have to win a lot of contract to do so. Um, you know on Tabor. Um, on top of that, I think there's, um, uh, yeah, so there's really limited exposure. Mm-hmm. There's one more, actually. I think Adam Adam is going to jump in with that name. EOS, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, EOS. Yeah. Do you like it, though, or is this you're being yeah. kicking kicking and screaming to this yeah. aerospace theme? Uh, yeah, or, or defense, because, defense. yeah, it's more defense, and, and they make guns, so, yeah. Um, the problem is with this stock and a lot of these defence stocks is that they've got really great contracts with uh, US government or Australian government, those kinds of things, but they they trade by appointment. So in other words, it's very lumpy. So if they, well, they win a contract, they make a nice announcement, everything sort of goes up a little bit, and then from there sort of comes back down again. So it's really hard to, um, I guess, plan or invest in these kinds of things. And the chart looks absolutely horrible yeah. as well. But you can see every time it's sort of, well, if we overlaid announcements, you'd see that sort of tick mm-hmm. up and then come back down. So, And also, usually the US government, as well as uh, the Australian government, they can, with a stroke of the pen, uh, just terminate that contract and yeah. then their business model's gone. So I'll be really careful. I mean, Boeing is probably your biggest bet in that in international space. Uh, and then there's plenty of U.S. defense businesses in there as well. But, you know, potential Boeing, I think, would be one for investors to look at. Yeah, and that might have been more interesting if you're talking sort of cybersecurity. But yeah. we're not making up rules as we go. <laughs> so now that I've got you beside me, yeah. and, um, Adam, Agri. I mean, you should be able to find something Australian listed. Yeah, well, here in this I think Jumbo is going to talk New Farm. Maybe I'm speaking a little bit out of turn there, but she likes that one. But um, I think there's an ETF called Food. Yeah, it's a beta shares one. Um, that one has actually done pretty well uh, over the time. Got a little bit of a kick up with uh, that sort of exposure in Europe and wheat 
and those kinds of things. But food, F-O-O-D, is a great way to get uh, broader access to the agribusiness space. Got it. Jim Bay, how do you look to play this uh, food inflation agri theme? Did I get it right, Jim Bay? <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to say new farm, but, ah, uh, but yeah. new farm looks very interesting at this point. But I was going to say, look, there's a winner, which is uh, so far that's being uh, Green Corp. Um, it's not exactly linked to the prices things, but it just we're having all these bumpers, bumper crop and then now potentially shortage in terms of grain uh, because of, you know, um, the, the war that's happening. Um, and, uh, um, you know, they put them in a good position. So, you know, so that stock will continue to will do pretty well. Um, there's another one that looks um, quite interesting. It's been hated for so long and it's had so many problems and right now potentially having a bit more problem because of um, floods. Um, it's Costa Group. You know, it used to be one of those um, you know, favorite stock uh, when the weather condition was okay. They went through hard time uh, during the COVID and they couldn't find the, uh, you know, the staff shortages, the fruit pickers. And now finally they've come through and you're looking at pretty good, good growth from here on. Now flood is um, potentially will have some damage to some of their crop, but uh, the, the company have commented that, you know, it's, it's nothing material. So, um, so I think altogether it does make that stock pretty cheap and it will give you pretty good growth for the next couple of years. Um, that's, yeah, so that looks interesting as more cap space. The other one is probably Elders. We just came out and initiated coverage with a $15 price target on that one. And that's got the bank, it's got all of the agri kind of things, and it's sort of a Macquarie bank of the agriculture space. That's nice and safe for investors as well to have a bit of a look at Elders. Elders, okay. Nuclear, Adam? (laughs) Renewables? Renewables. Yeah. I'll stay on the renewables. I mean, obviously uranium's going crazy at the moment, over $60 a pound at the moment. So absolutely going crazy how long can it last well potentially it can uh obviously in that sort of uranium space is is very very good but i've gone with one of the renewables which is calyx uh cxl is the stock code it's just getting over seven bucks again today so way 716 so really like this one it's a good little business um they've got lots and lots of things that they can talk to uh, about in their business models but really what it is is one of the biggest things that they've got is that they can take heat out of cement production. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was at a lunch this week where right. it came up that yeah. cement and concrete is like the last frontier yeah. in terms of emissions, that they're worse than you know yep. everything else. Absolutely. And so these guys have got the ability, and it's really like a, a I'm simplifying this, but it's a tube that they put around uh, the, the smokestack. Yeah, okay. And they're able to take a lot of that heat or the CO2 out of that cement production and then uh, that and then they basically get royalties just ticking through mm-hmm. over the time and they've got Europe sorted out they're going to be in the US it's a great little business calyx okay so that's um, your pick in the renewables what about you Jim Bay did you go nuclear with uranium or did you go renewables Look, I, I, I actually um, I'm not going to have a pick in this space. Um, I, I, I think Calyx does sound very interesting, but from memory, I think they're not. Um, they don't even start. Pro- they haven't even start producing for the contracts. For uh, those contracts. They've got contracts, yes, but uh, the royalty stream hasn't started yet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for, I think guess for me is that some of those. Uh, for me, the issue is that because they're still very, very early stage, um, and uh, but that one certainly looks very interesting. Share price done very well, um, but the, you know, for me, it's still many years away. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the problem, so a little bit early for me, um, but it's a very interesting sector. Got it, Jimbe, and we'll stick with you, Jimbe, in the gold, metals, and minerals. You know, this is quite wide. You can cast your net wide. So, so what would you pick in that space? 
Yeah, look, uh, in terms of gold, uh, it will be my northern star to, uh, as, as the top pick. Um, I guess the metal, <laughs> uh, metal, what was the other one? Oh, minerals. Um, okay, well, look, copper is something like, and plus is lithium mineral. Yeah, we've got lithium as well, just simply because that structural growth driver uh, underneath them. And, you know, share price being a little bit volatile for the lithium, uh, but it is something you do want to buy on the pullback. Got oh, it. sorry. That is, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's enough. For, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> We've got to move on. Adam, what's your pick out of gold, metals, and minerals? I'm going to stay with the commodity. GOLD is the ETF that I like. Also, PM Gold, if you're looking for something that's a little bit uh, smaller, but also has a, a lower MER. PM Gold is one, but GOLD is one that we put for clients in portfolios. Got it. Okay, I don't even think I'm going to be able to read my notes on that one um, <laughs> when we get to the wrap up. But guys, thanks for playing along. So those are the new fangs, some picks in that space. Let's get on with the companies that have been nominated by you, our viewers. The first on the list is Aurora Biosurgery. I have a tough time saying that. ARX, this is for Shri saying, um, in particular, keen to understand Junebei's view, given she was talking about the company a few months ago very highly and had it as one of her strong recommendations for the year ahead. Do you still have a favorable view, Junebei, on the company and are you buying at these levels? Oh, absolutely. The company has continued to perform very, very well. Um, you know, so as we know, it's a, um, it's a soft tissue regenerating business. Um, it utilized a, a more organic type of um, technology instead of synthetic that Polynovel uses. So um, the larger piece is Polynovel. Um, and uh, and this uh, Aroa um, actually has um, better product that has been um, you know, clinically tested around the world. Um, and it's been um, you know, used on millions of uh, tests um, you know, around the world um, in many markets. So uh, it is um, it is tracking very well. The, sh uh, the company's uh, earning was impacted by COVID because you know, most of the hospital had to shut down and, and the like. So it did impact some part of their earning, but it has come back since come back significantly. Um, now, uh, the company continued to trade at a very big discount to its cl uh, closest um, peers, which is Polynovel, with something like 60% discount, mm. which is not justified. So in my view, that will catch up. Now, the reason share price has underperformed is because, you know, whole of that whole basket of companies that's not profitable, even though they're reaching profitability in the next six to 12 months, um, but anything that's not profitable has been sold off. You look at across tech or any space, um, so it just as an investor sort of sh shifting the appetite, um, you know, from the high growth company into uh, into some of the cyclical like resources and, and others. But I think if you keep it in your portfolio, the company will grow 40, 50 percent for many years to come. Um, and um, and then it's signed up many large hospitals around the world and the volume will pick up uh, significantly going forward. So, you know, to me, it's something that you buy and you really don't have to worry about what's happening it's fully funded for all its rollout um you know my views have potentially at some point um you know become part of a bigger portfolio um by other investors by other companies okay thank you jumbe do you like it as much as jumbe does uh I, I look i can't really say much more jumbe's done a fantastic job there for me just looking at the chart it's probably a hold for me because yeah, it, that it really that chart just looks like it's moving lower, and um, at the moment you need to see a bit of a rebase. So obviously they're progressing well. Obviously they got sort of caught up within this coronavirus, which I think they'll be unfairly treated. 
but for me it's a hold. Hold and that's uh, waiting for a turn before you would buy into yeah. that one. Yeah. Now Regenerin is next on the list. RLT is the ticker code. This is for Steve. I hope you're watching Steve or listening. Adam, I'll start with you. Um, yeah. no, no context, but just wants to know about the company, I suppose, if it's a worthy investment. Yeah, it looks, it looks interesting. I mean, they're in, in, in a couple of sectors, sectors as far as methane and helium. Now, you probably think that that's not a huge area, but it is actually quite big, uh, especially uh, helium, you know, going forward. Um, so their phase two, uh, two or their 2P reserves, they've seen some upgrades in both of those commodities going forward. So I think that looks pretty, really good. Uh, the reserves, I guess, are much larger than what first projected, and that's what you want in a resource space or a resource type of company. And now I guess they're looking for phase two or moving into that phase two, which is going to be really, really important. But looking to produce gas in early 2022, so here we are now. So they're really the rubber's got to start to hit the road with this business. They've really got to start to produce. And those uh, helium and gas markets, as we know with all commodities, those commodity prices need to stay strong so they can get them out of the ground and, and, and turn a profit. So the valuation, I think, is probably uh, limited here, but I think it looks okay. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the company. I'm gonna say hold. If you hold it, you wouldn't be selling it at those prices. That looks pretty, really good to me. But um, uh, you'd wait for a bit of a dip or basically look for the upgrades in the commodity prices to get that moving forward. So look, I think it's a really good little business um, and looks okay. Commodities are moving in the right direction. I'd just be holding, yeah, that yeah, looks pretty good, that mm. chart, but I'd be careful at the moment. Okay, uh, Jinbei, Regenerin, Ren, Renergen, Renergen <laughs> is the name. That's right. Yeah, look, it's uh, I, I kind of agree with Adam, and uh, I think it, it, it looks pretty good. Um, uh, look at, you know, would I be chasing it? Um, I wouldn't be chasing it here simply because um, usually when uh, those little companies, when they start to produce um, any material, um, that's when you hit the risk. Uh, you tend to, uh, you know, have issues with, you know, delays and too much rain and you know all sorts of things so um often people always say you know you buy them when they have the reserve and discovery and share price run ahead and then the next 12 month is going to be a bit tough so um but look they're very very close to producing uh, probably a good thing you just be mindful of you know you're hitting a part where you potentially will have some risk coming through um i'll be a holder of it um just simply because uh, similar to adam the um, you know lay your win uh, winners run and you know things are um, going well for them at the moment and Wrong. So, um, but you can potentially even take some profit later on um, as you get to production. Got it. Thank you. Let's get on to the next one on the list. Judo Bank. It has declined consistently in price since IPOing, despite seeing growth in the lending book. And uh, our viewer, who is Connor, pointing out that there should be uh, the potential for small business borrowing to pick up as we move through this economic recovery post-COVID. Is it time to buy in, Jumbe? Well, um, <laughs> I think with this company, they're kind of in that tough environment, right? So um, it's one of Australia's newest bank. Um, you know, they only got their license in 2019. Um, they're very traditionally, they, they focus on that SME lending. Um, and um, and then they've grown, you know, obviously significantly through purely through the broker channel. Um, and, um, and then just in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the problem with companies that they, at the moment they're breaking even. So they're not actually profitable. Uh, compared to you know the likes of the traditional bank where NAB is normally a very you know SME focused mm -hmm. business, um, but uh, yeah, so it's trading at sort of 1.5 times book. It kind of looks okay, but for me, it's like you know um, I'm much rather invest in some of the banks at the moment. It's producing good cash flow, um, you know, very good dividend yields, 
um, and um, you know they're very profitable. If the interest rate going higher, they will be pretty profitable. So you know, I, I think I just have a preference for the other larger banks such as SNAB um, instead of this one at this point, given it's not actually breaking even. Thank you, Adam Judo Capital. Sorry, did we just hear Jumbei saying that she'd invest in the top four banks? She said NAB in particular. Yeah, I can't believe that, Jumbei. I'll have to uh, call you out on that one next time. But um, uh, look, Judo looks interesting as far as that um, these neo banks should start to, or were expected to start to take market share from the big four. Well, we just had today Brookfield buying yeah. Latrobe Financial. Yeah. So yeah. clearly they're seeing that there's so, a real challenger environment here for the right. big four. So there's significant leverage that these guys can have, and it's especially with the interest rates rising, there's that NIM, the net interest margin, should start to expand for these banks. But the, the, the problem that they've got is they're trying to attract staff and they're having to pay higher costs to get those staff on board. And I think that's where uh, the, the net profit, as Jumbo rightly pointed out, was net profit was 0.7 million, so $700,000. So they actually broke even, or a little bit of a profit for the, for the year. Revenue was broadly in line with around about 73 million as well. And the solid loan growth as well, they sort of up 38%. So all the metrics are there, but they're getting higher costs. And this is obviously where the banks, the big four, are basically able to um, attract the staff, get the right people in the door, as well as then if they need to borrow money, the big banks can basically um, say what they're going to borrow that money at. Whereas Judo, these smaller ones, have to, they're price takers, not price makers. And so that price taking means that that net interest margin gets squeezed. Net interest margin is what they uh, get the money for to what they lend us the money and the margin is in between. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it's, it's a really tough one. It was going to be a big space and there was lots of uh, talk a couple of years ago about it, but Judo was really the only one that was able to get listed and we're seeing that share price not so fantastic at the moment. I think there's going to be some value somewhere along the line, um, but maybe when interest rates are a little bit higher, maybe that interest margin starts to move and then they can uh, attract higher caliber of staff. And I think mm -hmm. that's going to be where they're going to be able to get that uh, loan generation book moving in the right direction. So that's a no for you. Yep. Got it. Let's get to uh, Mesa Blast. <laughs> Mesa Blast is actually the worst performer on the 200 right now, 1223, around about there, PM here in Sydney on this Friday. This is a very volatile company. Too Adam. volatile for me. Too volatile. Yeah. It's always hanging on an FDA approval or yeah. the approval of a clinical study. and. Um, you know, it's it's one step away always from raising more cash from investors, correct? 100%, 100%. So look, this one, uh, w w investors will have some uh, long memories on this one and there'll be mm -hmm. a lot of people that have been hurt on this one, yeah. is that, you know, they used to do kidney disease or liver disease and they were able to pinpoint where the cancer was and they were able to get that out. Now that didn't meet the end primary output, so the stock fell. Now they've been talking about some cardiovascular, uh, cardiovascular heart um, disease, and they're able to do that as well. But however, uh, that wasn't able to meet the end point as well. So look, it's really, really tough, this one. Um, it's way too speculative for me. And, you know, if, and I've talked about this on the show before, and then I've had this email from people, you know, like 15 paragraphs telling me why I'm wrong and why, and there's a lot more people, smarter people than me in the room. And I would definitely, if you know your stuff and you understand the business, go for it, invest it. But it's just way too speculative for me. Yeah. And oh, so you get emails as well. <laughs> do. So do I. Awesome. Uh, Jumbei, don't know if anybody would email you and be so so um, so forthcoming. But uh, what do you think about Mesa Blast? Well, my memory of this dog is going by much, much further than Adam's uh, the pinpoint thing. <laughs> 
for doing the, the spine. They, they can cure the back pain um, and yeah. uh, using stem So, and I remember distinctively for so many of those products, it's always the clean, uh, the phase three is coming. It's going to be successful, and they have never met any of the uh, endpoints. And then I think they have this amazing way of re represented um, the actual data, make it look really good. Um, and then when you actually read through, well, we didn't get approval. Um, so I just find it incredibly uh, amazing that the stock is still is listed and managed to raise so much more money over the years um, to, to fund all these new studies. I think one thing ultimately is that they try to use stem cell to, you know, use that technology, stem cell technology um, into so many other areas. Now, if that can be proven successful, even in one area, it will be incredible. I think it will be just mind blowing and it can be applied and applied to so many different space. Um, the problem is it's such a hard, difficult area. There's a lot of money to throw at it around the world. I think, you know, that's why they're attracting some a lot of people, uh, but it just, it's, it's very difficult to see. Maybe eventually they'll get it, but it's very difficult as general investor to really see where it's, um, you know, where am I go? And then there's opportunity cost as well. I mean, if you're invested in Mesoblast, unless you have an unlimited pool of money, you're not invested elsewhere, right, River? So that is what our expert guests are saying about Mesoblast. And just a reminder, it's information only. This is not for your personal financial circumstances. So you do need to do your own research or get financial advice. Okay, let's get to number five on the list. We are back on track, and this is Metal X. Now, Ben references the small cap program last week. And we had a guest on who talked about Metals X, MLX. Now, he said that it's only one of two Western listed tin producers, and the company also produces nickel cobalt. So Ben wants to know, what are your thoughts? It's had a very good run, but as my guest last week on the small cap said, you know, it's still trading at a pretty low multiple. Jumbe? Look, it's pretty cheap. It's the it's a baby version of, of a lot of larger producers. Uh, it's in all the right space, um, copper, nickel, cobalt, all the right space, and which you know the commodity itself has been running very aggressively. I'll be a holder of it. Um, you know, to chase um, a small stock like that, I think it does represent a bit of risk. You know, just especially when commodity prices are very very elevated because of this war. Um, so you know, potentially you can see pullback, but um, I'll be a holder at this point. What do you think, Adam? Metals X, MLX for Ben. Tin does not excite me at all. Apparently it's used in a lot of feature-facing sure. products. Okay. Sure, but it doesn't excite me at all. I've seen too many of the smaller cap tin stocks. There was one in Tassie and there was a couple of others. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it's one of those metals that is in abundance and the commodity doesn't really move too much. And so, yeah, it just doesn't get me excited. Nickel and cobalt, absolutely. It's a, a few future-facing uh, metal. And so something like that, I think, is, is, is interesting. Um, but for me, yeah, I'd stay in the, the larger space um, for uh, nickel and cobalt. So, yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't go here. It would, be, um, it would be a sell for me. I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm not that excited about it at all. Got that. Got that. The Done. excitement is not here. <laughs> All right. We are at the halfway point of the program. So let's summarize the first five stocks and the stock of the day. Stocks of the day. So new fangs. If you're in the fuel space, Adam would pick Woodside or even Santos. Santos, if you've got a little more of a risk appetite. Santos, though, is the pick in the energy space for June Bay. In the aerospace, look, not a lot on the ground here in Australia. Adam nominated Boeing uh, overseas, but really didn't excite the guests. I thought we might get, you know, 
four or five buys out of each of them, but did not get that. Although Adam in the food theme would look to that food ETF to gain exposure to agri. Jumbe likes GrainCorp and Costa, and Adam did a PS with Elders as well. Mm. Nuclear and renewables, uh, Adam's pretty keen on CXL, Calix, and Junbei would say, look, if you're in the renewable space, it's more of a lithium story. We'll discuss lithium in just a tick. And for the golds, metals, and miners in the gold space, Junbei likes the big boys. She likes Northern Star Resources. Adam Dawes would prefer the gold ETF to get broad exposure to the actual physical uh, commodity. So there you go. That brings us to the companies that have been nominated by you. Aurora Biosurgery, so Jubei is still very keen on this one to answer your question, Shri, and she would be buying it now as well. Adam likes the looks of the chart. He's a, just a holder here, though. Um, Renergen, Renergen, it's a hold for, uh, for Jubei. In fact, she says, with it uh, very close to producing, when it starts to produce, you might be looking to take some profits because of the state that we're in with these commodity prices. It's a hold for Adam. Judo Capital. Junbei would prefer the larger banks right now, and she named NAB as one of those. Adam thinks it's just not yet time for Judo Capital, so he'd avoid that one. Higher costs for it, and we're watching those net interest margins and still waiting for them to be uh, to, to rise. Misoblast, Junbei says she's amazed this company is still listed. I think that says it all, and Adam would not avoid it. Don't bother sending him an email this time around. He's heard, <laughs> he's heard your case, he's listening, and he's still not buying. All right, Metals X, it just doesn't excite Adam, in case you didn't hear it the four times he said it. Tim, not sexy enough. It's a sell for him, in fact, because again, we're in a pretty sweet spot with the commodity prices as we speak. They are cyclical, it's a hold for Junbei. She says it's in all the right places. Uh, but she would not be chasing it now. It is still a risky proposition. She would consider it if there was a pullback, but it's not a buy today. So that is what we've learned so far from our expert guests. Um, buy, hold, sell is still the name of the game, but we've got a new investment committee and we put the buys to this investment committee once a month and they have put together a high conviction fund. The portfolio so far looks like this. Equal allocation to BHP, Macquarie, Mineral Resources, Steadfast, Aristocrat Leisure, Audinate, CSL, NextDC, and Universal Store in the retail space. And then we have half units of Qantas and Frontier Digital Ventures. 20% is being held in cash. So every month the committee will meet to assess everything that we've learned through our episodes of the call, and they will see what they bring into the portfolio, what they pull out. So we'll give you a bit of insight into how real PMs put a portfolio together. And um, you can find the previous episode of the Investment Committee. It's up online now. And of course, we'll be, be getting one together for you in the next couple of weeks. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. In the next 30 minutes, we will discuss Breville Group, which did announce an acquisition just today. Paladin, to stick with one of our earlier themes, OpenPay, Air New Zealand, and Objective Corporation. Let's get to it, shall we? Breville Group, this is for Shahana. 
a regular viewer and uh, gets a bit of advice or information on here as well. Uh, she says, can we please get the expert's view on Breville? The stock has been hit hard, but in her view, it was one of the standouts in the re most recent reporting season. Um, she points out that most brokers are bullish on the company. It's expanding globally to that point. They bought that Italian coffee machine maker today. It's got favorable consumer, consumer trends behind it. So uh, Shahana wants to know if, if it's time to buy the stock for a long-term hold. June Bay, what do you think of Breville? It's a company that has been confident enough to reinvest in itself as it really goes for that global growth. Absolutely. It's a standout buy um, at this point, really. Um, it is a long term, long term um, uh, stock, you know, you're putting bottom drawer and, uh, you know, in, in a year's time, it will be a whole lot higher. Um, this company has been hit recently because one is it's expensive. So now after the share price fall, it's, it's sort of still is about 30 times earnings. So it is in that expensive bucket because it is growing. Now, also, it has a small exposure to Russia. I think it's between one one to two percent of the revenue has you know that Russian operation, but that's going to be shut. But that's very very small hit, um, and also the um, people are a bit worried about oh you know now the world reopens, are people still going to buy as much posters and things? <laughs> and uh, it's been a beneficiary of the um, pandemic. Um, you know uh, to to remind you, a lot of growth of this company is coming from new territories. Um, it has such a strong structural growth driver. It's not just a mature business um, that is becoming cyclical. So, you know, mature business will start having issues when, you know, consumers start going out. So uh, all in all, I think the growth is intact and it is trading. Yes, it's expensive, but it's cheaper than what it used to trade at. So um, it is a standout quality business um, and um, I will be buying it today. Yeah, I'm with Jumbo on this one. Absolutely, it's a buy. You look at that chart and it looks really, really good down here as far as that it's had you know, some peaks and troughs, but it's at that bottom level and it's a really good time to invest in it. I think overall that you, know, you look at their expansion into the US, it's done fantastically. Uh, and then they're obviously moving into other areas. This is a bit of an Aussie dollar, US dollar story as well. So just be a little bit careful on the currency because that could hurt you a little bit going forward. But overall, I think it's a standout buy. It's got a great management team, good balance sheet, and it pays a dividend as well. So I'd be okay to keep that one. Okay, so that is a buy from Adam Dawes. Adam, you've mentioned charts a few times today. Yeah. Do you, you do use charts and technical signals? Yeah, so I think- How do you incorporate that into so, your assessment? Yeah, so we're basically, um, when, we, when we're looking at a stock, we look at all of the uh, market research. So what brokers have got buyers, what the market's thinking. So the fundamental concepts behind it, we talk about you know, commodity prices, mm -hmm. fundamental, what is going on. But then you also overlay that with a chart or understanding where the price points are, where there's a floor or where there's a ceiling. So the top and the bottom. And if stocks have been moving in a trend or if they're breaking out of a trend, those kinds of things, I'm nowhere near a chartist as far as the MACDs and the RSIs and all the other stuff that people go on with. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think a chart does, and you have to respect some support lines and uh, some top end or some resistance lines. So by doing that, it gives me a bit of a feel. So fundamental analysis say, yes, we like the story, BHP is fantastic. And a classic example of BHP is that our analyst, fundamental analyst, has had a buy on it from $50 all the way down to $15 through the GFC back up to $50, back to $25 in COVID. He's had a buy on it all the way through. So fundamental, it's a buy, but it's then picking the levels where you think you should would be able to, because when you're buying a stock and making money on a stock, you've got to buy at the right price. You can't just continue to buy ever, wherever. You have to buy at the right price. And so using the chart as a level of support or showing where it is, 
gives you some better or a better indication of where things are going at the moment. So yeah, not huge charting technology, but it, it, I do use it yeah. in my day to day, definitely. Jumbe, do you uh, look at, I mean, I know, uh, you, I, I know that you look at price when you're buying. <laughs> I know you look at price to know when to sell. How much, how much do you give uh, to sort of technical analysis, if anything? Oh, look, I, I don't look at the technical, but Adam, is that a reflection of your analyst not being great in terms of picking the buyer? Well, you can talk um, to Rocky when you speak to him next, <laughs> hey? <laughs> we pick our price points. So look, we don't count when we pick price point, but we look at relative valuation to the rest of the market and a relative valuation to a similar group of stocks. Uh, so we're very tactical because I do long shorts. So, you know, we make our 20%, 30%, we'll be selling it. And then we, you know, buy it back in when the share price comes back. You know, we look, we do look at trading range for some stocks. They tend to get stuck in them. Uh, things like JB Hi-Fi and the like. But, uh, you know, we, we certainly look at, um, you know, trading being very, very simple because the market, you need to be nimble. Um, you know, that's what you You'll make most of the return. Um, yeah. So no, uh, okay. Yeah. So th that was my point. Yeah. Okay. Good. I just thought I'd take yeah. a little bit of a detour there because I know we do get a lot of questions from our viewers on that front. Now, let's get to Paladin. It's next on the list. This is for Marty. Paladin is PDN, of course. Uh, Jumbe, I think it doesn't need a lot of explanation, but maybe give your current thinking on what's been a very hot area of the market. Look, I think, um, you know, certainly the, uh, for Urania is part of that whole renewable and, um, you know, certainly has been um, under a lot of, um, you know, um, got a lot of interest in, um, into that space. But for me, it's, you know, it's a volatile space and, uh, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not stepping in at this point for that space. Um, Paladin certainly is probably, you know, best, the best one out of that group, but, uh, I, but I'm not there yet. Not there yet, uh, because we've got a lot of talk about nuclear. We've got yep. a lot of talk about the Sprott Trust that's been buying physical uranium. Yep. It has been one of those sort of groundswell that you, you see people are just hardcore committed mm. to the uranium stocks. Well, they've had to be for the last 10 years. Uranium's done nothing. So <laughs> it's finally great to see uranium actually starting to, to move in the right direction. So we're really bullish on uranium at Shores. We're really bullish on uh, a lot of the companies uh, inside of that sector. Paladin, we've got a buy on, um, and certainly some of the smaller stocks. Paladin is probably the one that uh, it's got the biggest market cap. It's it's, it's able to, to move forward, and it, it actually looks pretty good here at the moment. It's obviously a speculative buy for us, so I'm going to say it's a buy in the uranium space. And uh, there's been a lot of upgrades to uh, Paladin as well as a lot of other stocks going forward. Obviously, one, the commodity price hitting over $60 mm -hmm. a pound uh, today, which is massive uh, because of what Russia and Ukraine I learned the other day that Ukraine's like the fourth largest producer of, of so many commodities uh, around Europe that, that it is really struggling. And certainly um, uranium is definitely taking uh, advantage of well, that Well, there's unrest. also lots of talk about energy security and yeah. um, nuclear, you know, does play into that mix. Absolutely. ESG even mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. France talking about putting on some more reactors, mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And Australia is in absolutely the box seat for uranium. We, we, are, we are the biggest producer in the world for uranium. And we have got a lot of yellow rock cake. cake. Yellow cake. Yellow rock cake uh, in, in here in Australia. So absolutely 
For one, for the speculative end of the market, Peninsula is a really good investment. We were just talking about that on the desk today. And then Vimy Resources also, both very, very speculative. Peninsula actually can, is one of the only companies in the world that can sell uranium into the United States. So mm. that gives them a little bit of a, a tick there. Paladin has got a very large market cap, pretty hard to move, lots of shares on issue, but Paladin is definitely a speculative buy from me. Got it, thank you. That's from Marty. Let's get to, I think it's number eight on the list, Open Pay. This is Ugh. for Damien. All right, Damien has given us some context. He'd like to know about open pay, wondering if it's a hold or if it's a cut your losses. So potentially Damien's a holder. He says, I know the market doesn't care what we bought at, but I'm trying to work out whether to sell, even though I'm more than 80% down, as it seems to be on a road to nowhere. Is it a hold? He doesn't have that much that he's holding. Um, he likes the B2B aspect of open pay, but you know, really hasn't resulted in any positivity so far. So June Bay, already a holder, a small holder. It's been a terrible area of the market to be in, particularly with this name. So does he move on and cut his losses? Um, I would, um, because uh, that whole buy now, pay later space, the world has changed. Uh, the funding cost is going to get higher um, and it's already moving higher. Um, and for, remember, for those buy now, pay later uh, companies, they make very, very thin margin. And how they make money is require the capital to churn. So people borrow and return it very quickly and they make a tiny margin um, and, um, and and then keep as profit. And most of them are not profitable at this point. So I'm hoping, you know, Zip and Sezzle, hoping at some point become profitable. Now, uh, we know in this market now, because the margin is so thin and the cost is rising for them, um, and then they can't increase their prices. So ultimately, they need to get bigger. The scale is so critical at the moment. You know, Afterpay's merged with um, with Block um, and or Square, and uh, you got you know Sezzle merged with uh, Zip. And this open page is way too small, just way too small. They need to get bigger. They need to become part of something else. And if they don't, um, I, I'm not sure if the business is viable. Okay, so I'm not no. going to say a buy, Adam. I'm saying, is this a hold or is this a sell? So at Shoreham Partners, we cover open pay. We have a buy on it. Why? Uh, well, we've reduced our price target from $3.50 to $1.25. You're towing the line right now, Sean Partners. I am towing the line at the <laughs> Sorry, moment. I have to act on behalf of my viewers. Yeah, so I, look, it's not a buy. It's, it, 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 it's struggling. And there's a couple of reasons, obviously. Look at that. Uh, you want to talk about charts? That, look, don't look at that chart. Um, Look, a high probability of rising interest rates is going to be tough over the next coming couple of years. Withdrawal of government stimulus, which has been a huge boom to retailers, that's going to obviously coming out. Surge of cost of inflation is also something that's not going well. China's slowing down and obviously without stimulus going forward, and not that they do a lot in China, but you know, that's talking about that. And geopolitical tensions is obviously putting things uh, on, a, uh, on, on the back foot for this one. However, this does trade at a 45% discount to the rest of the buy now, pay later, and that's the why we've got a buy on it. The, the, they trade 45, yeah, below its peers. EV to sales uh, is about one and a half times versus 2.7 times for the rest of it. But Jumbei is absolutely correct. These margins are absolutely razor thin, and you have to do a lot of transactions to get that margin, or at least to maintain that margin. And that's where it's really, really tough for these smaller players. There will be some more consolidation in the industry and certainly if you've got it, probably potentially hold it for maybe some more consolidation, but it's really been a tough space at the moment. Um, so I, I, I don't know, did I say buy, hold, and I'll probably say sell as well. 
I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's a hold. It's a hold because I've got to stay with my, my analyst and he's got to buy. But it, it's a Well, tough you're not place. staying with your analyst. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> I'm moving on. He's, sorry, Adam, I love you. That was not your finest moment. No, it wasn't. Uh, Damien, you take your pick as to who you're listening to on OpenPay. Uh, I'm agnostic, as you know. I'm just here to move them along when needed. Okay, let's go to New Zealand on. then, yes. shall we? AIZ is the ticker code. June Bam, starting uh, with you on this one. Let Adam recover. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, airline, uh, first of all, there's a few issues with that. Well, first of all, with Air New Zealand, um, it's heavily indebted. It hasn't raised um, sufficient enough funding like Qantas did, um, you know, a couple of years ago during the pandemic. And so uh, it's been mooted. There's a material capital raising coming. That's why share price is not moving. Uh, but that is, you know, we don't know how big it is. It's going to be diluted. Um, now, secondly, airline was meant to do better now that given, you know, reopening and things. But we all know um, the, the, the different variations of the virus has deferred that process. So they're not making money if you don't, you know, if you don't start flying. And the problem is that with the oil price where it is, um, you know, the oil price moving from 80 to 110 or under 110 uh, just in one week, uh, it will put a lot of pressure for airlines that don't have sufficient capital to try and hedge. Now, Qantas, if you want to play airline, the best operating airline is Qantas. Um, it will give you, um, Qantas is 90% uh, hedged for the until June, and then for the next 12 months, it's reasonably hedged. And if anything, you know, Qantas it operates within Australia, a very rational market. Um, if they need to recover some of the fuel costs and, you know, the prices will go up. I don't know if you noticed, um, mm -hmm. you know, we try to go to and the air ticket prices have gone through the roof. So, you know, honestly, if you want to play airline, go to Qantas. Um, at this point, you know, Air New Zealand just pretty tough at the moment. Okay, yeah. Jimmy, uh, I was a bit surprised yesterday. Um, I was a bit surprised that we saw some of the travel names on the top of the, the buy list. I don't even know what camera I'm looking at. There we go. Um, because we've got all this uncertainty out there. Yes, we saw oil prices come off a bit. That was the only sort of connection that I could could um mm. could make but they, they just they seem they're so volatile these days aren't they yeah i think they are trend trade on sentiment at the moment but i tell you one thing that's interesting uh corporate travel intention has gone up actually quite a lot in the last couple of weeks i don't know why and this is in, across europe us as well in, in australia as i'm trying to book some uh the the interstate and uh within a few days the prices all gone through you know 20 30 percent increase probably 20 uh probably 15 um, so, and then you go through the airport, it's completely packed. So, you know, corporate travel is actually holding up pretty well. It's the leisure side, potentially, there's been some impact in terms of Europe. Um, but, you know, we, I think overall investor, we want to buy leisure travel because we know it's coming, that multi-year travel boom. Just at this point, it's a bit risky um, because, you know, who knows how long this war lasts and how bad it might be. And uh, But it's certainly, I think, in the corporate travel side, it looks mm. quite interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I had a conversation yesterday, just, you know, whether or not people are going to be flying for business yeah. now. And, and the consensus around the table was, yes, it will come back. Yeah, um, absolutely. Air New Zealand. What do you think of Air New Zealand? Uh, I'm with Jumbay. Uh, Qantas is the better business, the better run uh, airline and probably one of the best in the world. So what Qantas did that uh, Air New Zealand didn't do is, as Jumbay rightly pointed out, that they didn't raise any new equity capital. They went to the government and the New Zealand government funded them for about two billion US dollars, uh, sorry, New Zealand dollars, two billion US New Zealand dollars mm -hmm. to finance and support the business. And so really what's happened is, is obviously the government's taken a stake in, in their national carrier, which I think is, is, is the right thing to do. 
but those losses that will be continually heavily going forward. Also, the International Air Transport um, Association estimated that the global airline industry has losses from 2020 to 2022 of $201 billion. That's huge. There's massive amount of money that's been lost in this space. And certainly Air New Zealand obviously didn't have a fantastic uh, first half as well. Obviously, with the closure of New Zealand borders, that has been really, really tough, and that's deprived the airline of about two-thirds of its regular tourism travel or regular travel. And certainly with uh, new wave that's potentially coming through, that might also uh, impact these guys as well. Uh, winter coming up, you know, you'd like to see uh, everyone coming down to Queenstown to do some mm. skiing and things like that. But really, it, it's all about that fully vaccinated status and really then having to then in isolate in their community for up to 10 days, which just stops people traveling or yeah. moving around. So it's going to be really tough. But I think overall, uh, Air New Zealand is having to rehire a lot of people. So costs are going to go up. They had to sack or make 250 cabin staff air, air pilots redundant. They've got to try and get them back, which means they have to retrain and get them in the air again. So there's a long lag to what's going to happen. So I think this one is uh, a no from me. Qantas is definitely the better buy in that space. Got it. Thank you. Look, lucky last is Objective Corporation OCL. This is for Scott. So there's not a lot of context around um, whether he already holds it or if he's just interested in it. But it is basically a software a software um, company that uh, primarily targets government and it looks to move them onto the cloud and facilitate you know work from home and everything else so check 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 all those boxes but as you all well know tech has come under such pressure um, lately so i suppose the question is it's down close to 18 percent year to date if it is a fundamentally good business and the baby's been thrown out with the bathwater june bay is objective corporation a buy hold or a sell yeah, look, um, it, I think it's come off. I would put in the buy basket. Um, it's, um, yes, it's expensive, but it's a very defensive business. It's got big government contracts and uh, it's been growing year in, year out. Um, and it's a very good track record of generating you know, organic growth rather than go out and buy things. So that's by high, very high quality growth. Um, and at the same time, the margins are enormous for this company. Um, the, the only thing is liquidity is not very high for this company. Um, you know, the founder is, they still hold 65% of the uh, of the shareholding. Um, and, you know, and then the business is still founder led. So for me, you know, I do like to follow management like that, um, you know, because they have a vision to really grow this business, um, you know, significantly over the years. Um, I will put that in the buy basket. Buy basket. Um, just to put it in perspective, so to June Bay's point, I mean, yes, it's come under pressure mm. year to date. Over the past five years, it's up close to 700%. Wow. Yeah. Um, Founder-led, a yeah. lot of people like founder-led businesses. They do, they so, do, until they want to sell out. But anyway, okay. yeah, yeah. putting that to one side, would you wait for one of those days, and we've had a number of them lately, that Infotech as a sector is down yeah. five, six mm. percent to look to buy in? Yeah, uh, yes, I, I think so, absolutely. It, it looks good. I mean, they've got deep relationships with Microsoft 365, so that's uh, fantastic. They're driving a higher quality of customer, which I think is really successful to the business. And some of the financial highlights, revenue was up 13% to $53 million. ARR, so annualised recurring revenue. Everybody that's, likes that. That tick. is the tick. That was up 13% to $79 million as well. So that alone is fantastic. And if those margins are what Jumbo says, then that's absolutely going forward. They've got cash around $44 million. 
um, and there was a net profit after tax of 10 million, still a little bit, but still 40% up, but still a little bit small on that one as well. They've got some really good businesses or divisions in that, and they're all looking at double digit growth as well, which is what you need in a tech business because nobody looks at you if you've got single digit growth, it's just impossible. So look, I think overall, if they can predict or we can get some better earnings predictability with a lot of their subscription revenue, it looks pretty good. So. I'm going to stay. I'm going to go with Jumbay as well. I think this one it looks good for that tech space. There's certainly better ones out there, but I think this one looks really good. So I'm going to stay with Jumbay and go a buy on this that one. That will be put to the investment committee. Adam, mm. what other ones in the tech space are you thinking look interesting <sighs> because they've been sold off? Well, zero. I mean, everybody I, says zero. Okay, I keep going. I, I bought some the other day and. I'm under underwater, not personally, but for clients. I thought, look, 100, you know, sort of 99 looks pretty good. It was 95 today when I left the desk. It's getting washed around, but this is a fantastic business. It's just one of those hard, you know, fantastic growth businesses. We'll do very, very well in that space. So I have to stay in the big sector or at the, the top end. And Zero is one of those ones that I really, really like. Jim Bay, I'll just get a thought from you on Zero. It's trading at 93.65. So Ugh. yeah, quite a bit below. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's down 5%. It's yes, one of those yeah, days. I know, I know. Would you buy Zero on a day like today? Yeah, you will be. I think, you know, out of the whole tech sector, you know, Zero is one of the top pick. And when it goes down like this, you never know when it's the bottom, right? So you just got to slowly build your position. Um, but relative to tech sector, I actually grouped the healthcare so, you know, don't forget, you know, when we talk about growth, all of them have been sold off. Uh, time to really revisit to the growth, uh, the traditional growth defensive sector, such as healthcare. You know, CSL is down, still down relative to, um, you know, in the last couple of months as well. And uh, they are doing, you know, they will do very, very well. And uh, these are profitable businesses, you know, highly cash generative. And then its earnings growth is, uh, you know, it's not really linked to the global um, global growth or not. Um, so, you know, it's time to visit the healthcare space in the large cap space at the moment. Okay, well, Junbei, we'd love to have you on to talk about healthcare in particular, maybe in the next couple of weeks, but I'll leave that there. Let me just summarize what we've learned in the second half. We've got a couple buys out of this with Breville Group. Breville Group is a standout buy in June Bay's view. It's a quality company. Adam says the management is doing a great job as well. Uh, it is a buy from him. Just keep an eye on the Aussie dollar in Adam's view. Paladin, uranium is just too volatile for June Bay. It's uh, not proved itself to her just yet. So she's staying away from Paladin. It's a specky buy though for Adam because he's bullish on the whole story around the metal and Australia's position in the world. He says we've got a box seat there. He mentions Peninsula and Vimy. So you might want to do some research on those yourself as well. Open pay. It is a sell for June Bay because the world has changed. She says, cut your losses. The margins are thin. Adam doesn't disagree with any of that sentiment, but he is holding because he says it looks cheap. Air New Zealand is a no for Adam. He says Qantas is the airline you'd like to be in. And Jume agrees. She also talks about corporate travel and how, in her view, it is coming back. So watch that one. You need to really keep in mind with these airlines now, particularly their hedging levels for the price of oil. Objective Corp, here's another buy from both of our guests. You just heard them talking about it. We'll leave it there. Zero as well, I think, is the bonus buy for today. That is the program. June Bay, I'll start with you just to say a big thank you. We do hope that you enjoy your weekend and we'll see you soon. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you. And Adam Dawes from Shot and Partners. Yep. Always a pleasure to Absolutely. have you in. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, Have a no good problems. weekend as well. 
We've got Weekend on the Mind here. If you'd like to join us for the last call today, feel free. Hit Sad Live at 4. We wrap the day and the week. Now, if you have any stocks you'd like us to cover, you can flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au. You can find that portfolio still at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.